1: editor of wrestling inc nick hausman back with another episode of the winkly joined here this thursday as i am always and forever my good buddy justin labar justin welcome back to the winkly
2: Yowie, wowie
1: <laughs> yeah yowie, wowie indeed uh, we are gonna have a lot of fun here today uh, just so everybody knows this is uh justin and i are recording this uh, on a 24-hour delay we recorded this right after we did uh yesterday's Winkley, but we are going to give you our SummerSlam preview and predictions today uh, on the show. We are also going to have, right after that, two big interviews for you. Uh, The first interview right afterwards, I promised you a big one. And, oh, God, I just realized I'm recording this uh, before I did the interview. But you know what? Knock on wood. It happened. Uh, Scott Hall, the outsider himself. Razor Ramon, Scott Hall here on the Winkley today. And right after him, we're going to have our good buddy Dave LaGreca as well. Big interviews, man. Scott Hall, wonderful. Love it. Who who better to talk SummerSlam with than the than the bad guy? Chico. You know, every time I hear that Billy is it Billy Eilish song, is that how you say it? Eilish, Billy Eilish. I'm obviously very hip. Uh, The bad guy. (laughs) Have you heard that on the radio? The bad guy. I'm a bad guy. You know that's. I have not.
2: I have not heard
1: that. (laughs) Oh man. Well, I'm obviously way more hip than you. Go find the go find the song Bad Guy. It's pretty
2: I'm more I'm more I'm more in tune with Old Town Road.
1: I like Lil Nas. Lil Nas X? Old Town Road, I'm down. I played that in a, a dive Irish bar the other day and the bartender said, "I thought you were going to play good music."
2: <laughs> yeah, why would you do that in a dive Irish bar? Come on. Now.
1: I wanted to listen I wanted to hear it. Right? I'm
2: with it. I'm hip. I, think <laughs> I, I,
1: I, I, I uh, yeah, I'm the Doctor Evil of dive bars. Uh, I played that, and I think I played like a, a, a Panic at the Disco song or something. They were very upset. What? Was, yeah, I'm a pop See,
2: I have rock. a rule. If I if I'm gonna play music on the jukebox, it's it's all '80s rock, all right? It's it's or, or not all '80s, maybe '90s too. But I mean, we're you know ac DC, Guns and Roses. Play some Journey. Play don't if you're in a if you're in a dive bar. Come on now, don't be. It, Panic at the disco Come on
1: uh, Well uh, I did what I do I, I have to follow my passions um, So anyway Great talk to start the show here today <laughs> Go into your dive bar Play a song you like Have no regrets about it It's your bar It's your bar too And you should be able to listen to the music that you want to And with if that If it's
2: touch tunes, Well if it's touch tune, A lot of them have uh, The WWE theme music you can, you can play You know John Cena You knock, can play Triple H
1: Knock yourself out I don't care Have a good time Live your life you're right. All the He's songs are a record.
2: man, such a man, such a man. That's a great one right there.
1: I might follow through on that here later. It is my last night in Chicago. Here is a recorded this. I told Liz we would go to a, a bar here later. And you know what? I might play the William Regal theme song. That would that would please me. So, uh, all right, let's get to it here. Our news you can use, news you can leave a bruise, is the full SummerSlam match card here. We're going to talk about the matches a little bit. We're going to pick who we think is going to win the matches. And and then uh then we'll move on to the interviews here. All right, we'll start off with what I would guess is going to be on the pre-show, uh, or the kickoff show. WWE Cruiserweight Champion Drew Gulak defending against Oni Lorcan. Uh, how do you feel about this one, Justin?
2: I don't feel much. I haven't been paying attention to two five, so I have no uh, horse in the race here.
1: All right. Well, I like Gulak again. Oni Lorcan's Twitter account, if you haven't checked it out, very worthwhile. But I think that you know, again, it's like Gulak isn't quite yet on everybody's radar. As the cruiserweight champion yet, and he's doing some phenomenal work. So I think they're going to – I think they stick with Gulag here.
2: I'll trust your judgment.
1: Okay. So there you go. And where, so when I go
2: make my WrestleRumble.com <laughs> picks, I'll just trust whatever Nick says on that one.
1: I was about to say. Uh, where can people go to, to, to vote in line with me? That's what I wanted to know. Uh, we'll
2: WrestleRumble.com.
1: Now, I'm, on, I'm looking at the official WWE.com card here, and that's the bottom match, which usually means kickoff show. The match, And I'm going to do this in the order they have them listed here. Right above that is Goldberg versus Dolph Ziggler, which is surprising to me. Um, uh, You know, I've obviously made it known I think it's Dolph Ziggler that's going to win here. You've made it known you think it will be Bill Goldberg. I guess this is our chance here to put our final polished uh, thoughts on why we uh, have picked those directions. Would you like to start with your, your Goldberg defense?
2: this match is a redemption match for Bill Goldberg. It is a, you know, undertaker recently got his in the tag match, had a great looking performance. This is a redemption for Goldberg after the last memory being, you know, the debacle that was in Saudi Arabia. So this is going to be just textbook one-on-one Goldberg. It's going to be the entrance. It's going to be, you know, the long entrance, the Goldberg chance. It's going to be the signature moves. I'm not expecting this to go beyond five minutes. And if it gets to the point of five minutes, it's only because Dolph cat and mouse is it. I just, I don't see, I don't, I, and I, I can't even book X's and O's how the hell Ziggler would win. Like, how, like, 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 how, like what he would do to beat Bill. I mean, we've seen Brock Lesnar beat Bill Goldberg. We've seen The Undertaker beat Bill Goldberg. What is Dolph Ziggler going to do to beat Bill Goldberg? So, I, I just, Goldberg just seems like the obvious easy picker.
1: See, but that to me, if this is a redemption story, right? Because him and Undertaker went out there and tried to wrestle, right? They tried to have a wrestling match, right? And it just did not really click on any cylinders, and he didn't mind taking the loss. So if this is a redemption story, and you're trying to dispel that memory, going out there, trying, actually trying to have, maybe even having a good wrestling match, which is how I think Dolph Ziggler beats Bill Goldberg, is he's a wrestler who out wrestles this man, who is a who has a jiu-jitsu background, and I think you know Undertaker, for as much as he likes to talk about you know his, how he would have at one point considered an MMA run, he obviously works a lot of MMA stuff into his arsenal or has added more over time. I think Dolph can do that. And then some with the grappling game. And then I think Bill Goldberg putting over Dolph Ziggler here, a younger talent. I think that is the ultimate affront to the arguments that have been made about bill and his style. And I think a far better step for him than, than going in there and squashing Dolph Ziggler and not having any kind of a match whatsoever.
2: Well, look, Dolph Ziggler, the real man, Nick Nemeth. I mean, he, you know, he was an accomplished amateur wrestler. Exactly. But, But the character Dolph Ziggler doesn't quite go that far. I just have a hard time seeing and buying that it, it, it put it this way. If Ziggler wins, it it, it has to be something really screwy is going to happen. like, I mean like something like something just overblown screwy has to happen. I, I just don't, but I don't see it. I think this is Goldberg 101.
1: One big, stiff, sweet chin music to that face. And that man gets dropped for the three. I am telling you, Justin,
2: if it happens, I'll, I'll call you in Toronto.
1: Okay. Please do. Uh, com. Mark my words. <laughs> uh, Trish Stratus versus Charlotte Flair. Um, I think this is I think this is a uh, – I mean, this one could go either way for me, right? I mean, Trish is obviously still an attraction. Uh, you got to keep her strong. But Charlotte Flair kind of lost in the mix right now in the women's division with other people taking the number one contender spot. I think this is a way for her to pick up a big victory and make some noise the night after SummerSlam to hopefully get herself back into a title picture – with either with either division, whoever is the champion uh, on Raw or SmackDown, and the women, the women's champion on Raw or SmackDown the next day.
2: Yeah, Charlotte lost at WrestleMania. She's not going to also lose at SummerSlam. I got Charlotte on this all over all over Charlotte. All
1: right, Charlotte Flair. We're uh, I'm going. Uh, I'm going to go with Charlotte Flair too here. Um, but I wouldn't. You know, there they do these things sometimes to protect the legends. You know, I don't know if they want to do more with Trish. It's a one off in Toronto. They obviously have. If that...
2: tr- if, tr- if, tr- if, tr- if Trish loses to the to. The woman of the of of the current state, who's like a nine time champion, it's not going to hurt Trish Stratus. She's already in the hall of fame.
1: No, I'm well aware of that. But I mean, is there more that Trish wants to do? Is there more they want to do with Trish? I don't know. She
2: could pick right, but she could, she could keep doing stuff. Again, her losing in a competitive match of Charlotte's not going to stop her from being able to do stuff this fall if they wanted her to do more. But I, I don't think she is. But I, but I'm just saying, I think this is just Charlotte all the way.
1: I mean, I just to play devil's advocate. I mean, that Cinderella story of Trish Stratus overcoming the odds in Toronto. They made that brand new graphic that was on the screen for her, made in Canada. Did you see that?
2: Mm -hmm.
1: yeah there you go investing investing in trish right now just pointed out uh u.s champion aj styles versus ricochet uh i I mean it it, i don't again this is one that could go either way for me i see the value in aj styles as the champ him with the club they have the tag titles very impressive looking unit um but ricochet you know is this the redemption store here is this where he gets his win back and takes the title back ultimately after having to gone through the ringer here with the club i'm kind of betwixt which side of this fence are you sitting on here
2: totally aj styles the momentum right now is with the oc and with these three guys keeping them happy they're obviously here now for the long haul with WWE. WB. um w has got the momentum behind them so i mean obviously strength in numbers you can you know beat ricochet but do it dirty if, if you if you really want to save something for the future for ricochet but I don't, I don't see styles dropping this
1: i think ricochet takes the title back i'll go i'll go with that one uh just because i feel you know again it's like with all the talk of how they're trying to you know play that younger crowd Heyman is apparently a big fan of Ricochet. He ran the gauntlet, you know, had to overcome all those odds, you know, into this match here with AJ. Maybe he overcomes the odds of the club and gets that big win. And you can keep this feud going. I mean, I would, you can watch AJ Styles ricochet all day. I I don't have any issue with these two men squabbling over the U.S. title, you know?
2: No, no, it's great stuff in in the ring. But again, I just, I don't see, I don't think Styles was here.
1: All right, well, I'll go Ricochet. Then we have Finn Balor versus the fiend bray wyatt this one seems like a no-brainer here the fiend is going to destroy this man and then finn balor will go on it sounds like vacation for like two months maybe to get married right
2: maybe yeah but fiend totally this has got to be if if there's gonna be a faster squash match than the goldberg match it'll be this one
1: Uh, he's i think see that's the thing he's taking the mandible claw now he's gonna take the squash match from goldberg yeah i think fiend all the way in this one did you enjoy the latest firefly funhouse on tuesday night
2: i did i did you know um I like, I like the balance. I like I like the balance of, you know, we're getting a Firefly Funhouse, even if it's just, you know, just a shorter one that's just, you know, calling out his opponent or building to his match. And, mm-hmm. you know, then we're also getting the Fiend appearances. You know, the, the one here in Pittsburgh with, with Kurt Angle was great. It's, it's I mean, this is, I mean, I'll be honest. It, it, it's kind of crazy to say because, you know, as I just said, this is probably going to be the shortest bell to bell. This is probably what I'm most looking forward to just because of the mystery. And, and they've done such a good job up to this point. I Like, I'm interested in all the... All the, all the elements like what's the entrance going to be? I, I, I'm assuming he's not going to come out to the Bray Wyatt music he used to use. You know, with, you know, I, I'm assuming that, or maybe he does. You know, I maybe or maybe it's a mashup. Or maybe I don't know. But I'm you know, is it going to be the horror scream with just strobe? Or, you know, with just random waving lights and he walks to the ring? Is it going to be lights out? He appears in the ring like he has been doing for his sneak attacks? Like I, I'm, I'm just so interested in the you know, does he wrestle with the mask? on? like I, I'm most interested in the presentation of this.
1: Yeah, uh, the the presentation will surely be interesting. Um, I just, um, yeah, I uh, I'm I'm just interested to see how the the crowd reacts, I guess, to a match like you know when he's out there, like what the energy is like. I, you know, when I was watching, I was thinking, you know, you're in the building there. What is the audience like? Like, what what is the like the live environment there when the the Bray Wyatt stuff airs on on the screen?
2: Well, I mean, it's, I can say in Pittsburgh as soon as the lights. As soon as the the lights started to die down and we heard the sound effect of that, I mean everybody just jumped to their feet in Pittsburgh and were phones out wanting to knowing what was coming. So okay. you know I think I think you know there's a lot of energy, there's a lot of, a lot of mystique around him. So I mean again, d- during his match, maybe because that maybe because he looks so scary and convincing under these under the you know the again the, the, the arena being dark with lights just waving around and it's kind of just chaos. Maybe they pull a cane here. Maybe, maybe he wrestles with the with with some special lighting in the ring, and it's it's not it's not you know house light. You know, it, it, I don't know. I, the presentation is just intriguing. And the only thing they get, this is, they get one chance. They get you know they get one chance to get have his first match back as this character. So they got to they got to they got to hit a home run here.
1: Yeah, uh, I would. I think it would kind of be cool if Bray Wyatt or the Fiend, I guess, doesn't have any entrance whatsoever. It just does like doo doo doosh, doosh. Fins in the oh. ring and lights up. There's there's the Fiend on the attack. Bell rings. You know, Bray Wyatt can have. The whatever firefly funhouse theme song but yeah if the fiend just came out like that and just was in the ring ready to go i'm a fan i think that'd be pretty cool
2: well and, and kind of just i mean again we'll find out as time goes on but its same it seems like from the way it's been since the fiend um first started appearing i mean it kind of feels like that forever on when he when when he's wrestling he's gonna be the fiend but he'll just cut all the promos as you know mm-hmm. you know mr hyde you know he'll just kind of cut them uh, you know, mask off being, you know, Mr. Rogers, Bray Wyatt. It seems like that's, the promos are going to be yowie, wowie, something dangerous is coming. And then it's always going to be the monster in the ring. So it's kind of like, maybe it's kind of almost like what kind of like, to a different sense, what Finn Balor should have maybe done in the first place. It should be, you know, Finn Balor's a promo, but it's always the demon in the ring.
1: Yeah, wow. A lot, a lot of directions you can go with this character. You know, and that's the thing is after after he goes through Finn, where where do you go next? Like, what what is I, next for Bray Wyatt?
2: That's a great question. That's a great question.
1: All right. Well, we'll wait and see. A discussion for another time. Uh, Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon. Now, refresh my memory here from SmackDown. I know Kevin Owens was like, why don't you put your career on the line, too? They had that awesome brawl where Shane like laid out Kevin Owens. But is Shane's career also on the line? Did he agree to that? I can't remember in my brain. No. He did not agree no. to that. Okay. No. Okay.
2: Which, so it- you know, and, and I said this on the post-SmackDown thing to, to, to Raj and Matt Morgan. I'm not surprised by this. I'm like, I mean, I guess it was kind of good that they acknowledged, like, hey, why isn't Shane? And then, you know, they just used Shane being, you know, just the, being the arrogant rich boy heel but but it may but i've said this you know you you're not gonna i don't think you'll ever see a shane mcmahon retirement match i don't think you're ever gonna see a triple h retirement match because because those guys stay in such great shape they always can they're guys you can always toss in a match whenever you need it whether it be whether it be a big stage like wrestlemania or whether it be hey we're going over to japan we need somebody to team with with gallows and anderson so it's a triple h you know like because they're always around because they're involved in the company and they're in such great shape and they're in their in their draws, like you're never going to put, you know, like you're because look, Shane's losing this match. This was this was the way this went. This is Kevin Owens winning and getting redemption all over it. No
1: way, yeah. Um, no, payoff, way they, so. no way No what? way. No way. No way. No. I said no way Owens loses. Yeah, no way Owens
2: loses. Yeah. Right. So so you're not going to put Shane's retire. You know because he's you know you're not going to stick to it. He's going to you'll have a match again. So, um, but yeah. No Owens is the only one who has a career on the line here, and um, I don't see him losing.
1: Uh, Then we go to our first of the two women's title matches, SmackDown Women's Champion Bayley versus Ember. Um, I feel like Ember has a shot here. I don't really know that they know what they're doing with Bayley. It seems very uh, start and go with the direction they're going with her, which has been the story for Bayley for a long time now, unfortunately.
2: You could say that about both women. I mean, Ember Moon really hasn't had much momentum going into this. I mean, you know, I mean... They they did okay in SmackDown, b- trying to protect her by having her win technically be a out but then still having Natty get over with doing a sharpshooter outside the ring on her. But you know, Ember hasn't had a lot of momentum, at least not compared to what it was weeks ago when they when they declared that she was going to be Bailey's challenger. Uh, I, I don't see Bailey. Well, you know what? I, I say I don't see Bailey losing just because they really haven't put much momentum behind Ember. But you know what? If Ember wins this right here, um, it's kind of almost like a. I, I forget about the last couple of weeks, and I could buy that. But uh, anyway, both 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 girls here start and stop. This would be. This is another one I could see potentially getting bumped to a kickoff.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with Bailey on this one. I think they keep the title on her.
2: Mew? Probably. If I had to make the, if I'm making my WrestleMania pick, probably yes, I'll go with Bailey. But let I me mean, look, look. I mean, they have Trish Charlotte. They have this match. They have the the Becky title match. Um, that I mean, they, I could, I could easily see them moving the Bailey one to the kickoff.
1: Okay. Yeah. The Trish matches, I mean, that's a big match. I, I, I think they'll all three make the main card. I, I wouldn't be. I feel like if you're going to move. One of these tight one of these matches. Eh, I don't know. It's tough. If you, well, if you if
2: you keep all three on the main show, I would I would have one of them kick the show off. Like I would kick off with Trish and Charlotte.
1: I almost think maybe AJ Ricochet because we've seen it so many times. Like they, I could see that as a as the second match on the kickoff show.
2: You move AJ and Ricochet to the kickoff. Yeah. No chance. You'd move Bailey in that match before you'd move AJ and Ricochet again. You just said if they're you know with, with the momentum that AJ and the and the club are they're putting together with the OC and then yeah, as you said, Ricochet being somebody that they're, they're prominent about, they're not going to bump them. They, they, again, they'd bump Bailey and Ember who are too, you know, kind of lost in the weeds right now. Uh, and again, Three three women's matches you can afford to bump one to the kickoff.
1: You got nine matches here right now announced for the main card, and the the Wyatt Finn match I think we both agree is not going to go very long at all. So like eight and a quarter matches, right? Um, and the Goldberg match, like you pointed out, could also be very short. But I disagree. Um, you know I think that they've got their. I think this is the main card. I I wonder if they add another kickoff show match to you know to reward somebody else who's been been doing something you know recently that they could maybe the Drew McIntyre Cedric match gets added. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Uh well let's uh let's get to uh let's get to that. We'll I'll skip to the other women's match. Here Becky Lynch versus Natalia. Very interesting predicament um that uh they've put Becky Lynch into here uh going up against Natalia in Canada in a submission match. Uh what's your uh, what do you think is going to go on here?
2: I think Becky wins. I think out of Natty, Kevin Owens and Trish, I think Kevin Owens is the only Canadian who's going to get the win.
1: Yeah, I think Becky I think Becky will get the win here too. And I think I mean a lot of rumblings is Ronda Rousey coming back. You know, this is a big platform. This is a big show. Would be great if you're going to immediately have a competition set up. Maybe a little stare down with Ronda Rousey, Natalia's best friend here uh, at post bout.
2: Maybe. maybe I don't know if you do a post bout or if you hold it for a raw or smackdown. But yeah, I mean that, that. You know, again, same question you asked me about in a different context. The fiend. You know, I ask about if Bailey or um, excuse me, if Becky wins. You know, what's who's next for Becky?
1: Uh, WWE Champion Kofi Kingston is taking on Randy Orton. Man, oh man. The uh, promo they aired on SmackDown last night with Kofi uh, recalling the 2009 feud with Randy Orton and playing the stupid, stupid clip maybe two dozen times. That got me on the hook for this bout. I really hope Kofi Kingston wins. This would be a very—I think of of the wins he's had so far, you know, the the Daniel Bryan stuff was good. Uh, I think just, you know, a a win over here with Randy. This has been such a well-told story. I, I, I hope Randy Orton does not win this match. 100%
2: One hundred percent agree, great story, great history. This would be the most credible win for Kofi on his title run. um yeah, absolutely, completely agree,
1: and when we talk about where do you go with the fiend next, the fiend Kofi, I still think there's money there. I don't know, I like that bout I like that I like that pairing
2: uh you're... yeah, but he's got but, but the fiend's gotta take the title off him I mean the you gotta the fiend has gotta be protected, so anybody anybody that goes anybody gets served up next you know the fiend's gonna have to go over,
1: yeah, I know. Uh Universal champion Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins. This is our main event. Top of the card. Seth Rollins is bled from the mouth. He gave a, a wonderful Shakespearean Hamlet promo on Monday Night Raw after getting beat down again. Um, yeah, I I mean, Brock, right? <laughs> right?
2: I am baffled at this match because everything leading up to it in traditional wrestling, booking screams that Seth is going to slay the beast, but this would be then pretty identical to WrestleMania. Yep. And they had a chance to do anything they want, you know, so when Brock cashes in and Brock becomes champion again, they had, and then they do the battle Royal. And this is right about the time where Heyman's, you know, now and, 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 and is, is now in charge of the overall perf- performance of the red brand. They had a chance to put anybody they wanted when they did that battle Royal, they could have done the Braun thing. They could have, they could have pulled somebody new like a czar. They had a chance to do anything they wanted. And they decided it was Seth, and I remember thinking to myself, "I don't even think this match makes to SummerSlam. Something happens before then, or somebody gets added. Like I just don't see it being Brock or Seth." But here we are, just a few nights away, and that's what the match is going to be, supposedly. So, I so I guess Brock wins, right? To which I then to which I then just scratch my head and go, "Well, what was the point of this?"
1: Bizarre, man. I kind of wonder if Seth, you're like, okay, again to play devil's advocate solely because I think you are right. I think that I think Brock in every scenario in 99 of the 100 scenarios around my head like Brock Lesnar walks out with this title if you just look at the way WWE has treated him and in his runs but with that said the only reason the only scenario I could see where this is playing out the way it is is something came up and I don't know what Brock's contract looks like with WWE and I, I don't I don't know if it's UFC. it doesn't sound like it would be UFC it sounds like he's done fighting but if Bro- if some opportunity came up for Brock or something is going on outside of WWE where it's like we have less time with Brock than we thought. So we've got to get the title on him and then Seth will take it back at SummerSlam. That's, that's like the only scenario I can run in my head. And I don't know what that X factor is. And short- I don't think and- there
2: is. I think Brock, okay. I think Brock is just with WWE and I, I, I don't think that's the case.
1: Okay. So I'm picking Brock. Yes, Brock. Yes, Brock. Okay. Then Which again,
2: have- and if this is, if this is the last match, I mean like, isn't, is that, I mean, that's a pretty anticlimactic ending, is it?
1: Well, yeah. remember when they ended with Summerslam with Brock Lesnar, like literally almost murdering Randy Orton in the ring?
2: I've been I've been at every Summerslam they've done at the Barclays for those last couple of years. I mean, I, every every year it's been I've been I've, I and mean, I'm a Brock fan, but it's been pretty you know uh, pretty repetitive.
1: Well, maybe they don't have this as the the main event. Maybe they close with Kofi beating Randy. Maybe we get Brock and Seth earlier in the night. You know, you get the reaction you get. You throw Becky. Out there, uh, you know, or you throw, I don't know, Bailey Ember after that, and then you go to, to or I don't know, yeah, you do Kofi. I'll throw
2: you, I'll throw you, I'll
1: throw
2: you one more. Okay. Oh, actually, well, so, okay, so if it, all right, so if it's not going to be, if Brock's not, if Brock's match isn't going to end it, then yes, I can see Kofi and Orton, Orton, um, even though there's not a title change, it'll still be a really good match and be a good story. Um, <laughs> if, if in some freaking way, Dolph Ziggler is going to beat Goldberg as you are stumping. I could see them holding Goldberg and Dolph last because you can you can make it a point that Goldberg's just a big attraction, so they're going to hold that last, and you know, and, and then oh my God, look at the, the big ending of Shocker, um, which I don't think is going to happen. What? But what if? Let's say if Brock ends it and Brock beats Seth. And so now there we are. Brock, Brock Lesnar standing tall. You almost I almost feel like that's that's the match. You need somebody to stare down afterwards. Never mind Ronda Rousey with Becky. Never mind, like. I don't know who that would be. I don't know if it's a Braun or, you know, what What, what if Brock Lesnar wins and lights go out and all of a sudden we see The Fiend? I mean, it's that, kind of bizarre. It's bizarre to think about because Brock is so real and The Fiend is so... So you know, kind of supernatural, but hell, so was the Undertaker, and we made a lot of money with Undertaker and Brock. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm just you know, we're talking about who who's next for the Fiend. We're talking about you know, what's what's Brock doing if he holds the title still, trying to find a big way to end SummerSlam. I'm just trying to think. I'm trying to trying to get in the mind of Paul Heyman and those guys of how can we make a big splash of tune in tomorrow.
1: Let's let's let's. Well, the only stair down I've talked about would be if Ronda Rousey was coming back, and you know what, Becky versus Natalia would not be a terrible uh, final match for this show. You'd have the Canadian fans hot. For Natalia, Becky is, you know, on the cover of Two K. She's obviously like the, one of the biggest names in the company, if not, you know, some would say of the current roster that they have of homegrown stars. Maybe the biggest of the stars they have at the moment. So her Natalia, and then post match the Ronda Rousey stare down. There, boom, boom, we're off to the races, right? True.
2: Yeah, and, and it would have the big fight feel, especially, you know, especially. I know, but I know that might be kind of uh, odd to do on the same night. You have a Goldberg match for Goldberg, synonymous with the big, big fight backstage entrance. But um, yeah, I could see the big fight feel. Yeah, showing showing Natalia doing a little walk to the ring, and they used to do that great back in back in the day. You know, show her walking the ring, and of course, you know it's going to be a big Canadian environment. Show show Becky, you know, yeah, make it a big fight feel. I mean, I, I wouldn't be opposed to them being the last. I mean, especially with the fact that it's a submission match. You know, it's kind of got a. You know, that, that having that gimmick and stipulation that, That's got a big, big feel to it So yeah, that, that would be big And then yeah, if, if there is somebody like a Ronda Who's going to pop in and stare down uh, That would be another appropriate way to end SummerSlam And certainly, I mean, wow, look at that Becky gets to close WrestleMania and SummerSlam I mean, you know, Steve Olsen just said She's having one of the best premier runs of anybody uh, that, would, that would kind of uh, fall in line there Yeah
1: my guest at this time is a WWE Hall of Famer, former WCW superstar, NWO Original. He's going to reunite with Kevin Nash this Sunday when Capitol Wrestling makes its Nashville debut. It is the bad guy, Scott Hall. Scott, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today.
3: Hey, yo. <laughs> no, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me, man.
1: No problem. Well, this is a pretty cool event that we're doing here with Capitol Wrestling, reuniting with Kev in Nashville uh, for a good cause with Wrestling for Innocence. Uh, you all helped to get Adam Brasile, uh freed from prison on uh, wrongful murder charges.
3: I, 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 I was just talking to Kev the other day. You know, he just came back from Columbia where he was getting some medical treatment. And he, uh, we were thinking, like, you know, like me and Kev always had this attitude when we left the WWE back in the day to start that whole NWO thing. I mean, we hoped it worked, but we didn't know it was going to change the world. And then and we're going, Oh my like, gosh. We just do a, a 15 second promo in the airport lounge. And, you know, I mean, I know a lot of people have been working hard for a long time to make this thing happen. And he's been sitting in jail for a long time. But it just feels cool like timing is everything. And me and Kev were at the right place, the right time again. And we're going to bring that same energy and enthusiasm to Nashville.
1: Dude, that's, that's crazy. You're going to get to meet Adam. He's actually going to attend the show. You know, for you, Scott. Right. How
3: cool is that?
1: How cool is that, right? Yeah. You know? that's It's like... I dude, mean... Uh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry.
3: No, I'm sorry. Go ahead, man.
1: No, I was just going to say, it's like you guys got Adam out here, it looks like. Sean Waltman got to go visit Brandon Dassey or whatever for making a murder, or you guys are just helping people out and get out of prison left and right, you know?
3: Yeah, we're like... I think we're going to team up with Kim Kardashian and, and do some work together.
1: Well, you know, Scott, you are... Prison right? reform. You know, I would watch that, Scott. I would watch you, Kev, Sean, and Kim Kardashian free people from prison. Um You, right. you were in the, uh, the Jake Roberts documentary. It was a real redemption story. Does it mean more for you, knowing what you've been through? I mean, you sound so clear-headed right now to be able to help people like this in your point in your career.
3: Well, I think I always... Um, I think even when I was hammered all the time, I wouldn't want to see somebody in prison, you know, wrongfully convicted. So, I mean, I don't know if I understand your question, but, well, yeah, more clear-headed these days, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I guess it's just the idea that this is a redemption story. and like a It's lot of way people...
3: easier, you know. I, I said this the other day, like, when I was talking to Pac, I've, my doctor told me, like, I have a confirmed allergy to alcohol. Like every time I drink I break out in handcuffs. <laughs>
1: that's 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 a that's a dark joke there. I picked it up at the end. Well you you and Sean did get to go down to the performance center recently and spend some time together. What was it like for you to get to work down in the performance center and give back like
3: that? I've been there, this is about my third or fourth time down there, and I love it. And I asked uh Triple H uh to let me work with the bigger guys because they've got some whoppers down there and I'm thinking it's just a different style than, you know, to teach a big guy how to work is different than teaching a little high flyer guy how to work. And uh, I think I had that skill and I want to pass it on. And I had so much fun down there. Like I got so excited watching a kid that I helped, you know, uh, train watching him debut that I couldn't sleep that night. I was so excited. So it's, it's kind of cool. You still get that performer, but it's uh, it's kind of, I don't know, it's cut. <laughs> yeah, man. It's not quite as potent, but it still works for me.
1: You know, I've I, this is unfortunately the first time I've ever gotten to chat with you, Scott, but from everybody in your orbit that I've ever talked to, all they talk about is your mind for the business. You know, do you see yourself as somebody more regularly? Apparently, that's... apparently
3: I'm really smart. I mean, <laughs> rumor has that I'm really good about wrestling. Yeah. I find that I do... I, I do come alive when I'm in that environment. And I've been to the performance center several times and they had me sit in with, uh, HBK's class last time. Those are the top NXT performers. and These are all guys who've been around a while. You know, they've had long indie careers coming in and all that. And God bless them. And they're talented guys. I don't really want to sit in on that class. I mean, I'm going to give them whatever feedback I can, but I like catching them right when they come in the door. You know, mm-hmm. and and just get, I like getting in the young guys' ears and stuff. Like, I like being at the curtain right when they come through the, right after the match. You catch me, okay, come here for a second. Say, what were you thinking then? And they go, well, I was thinking that's okay. Well, this is because this is how it looked. And now they film everything. So it's so cool. You go to the, the next day you can be sitting in a classroom with those guys and you know, the rest of the guys in the locker room and watching the guys' matches and pointing stuff out to the whole group. It's such an advantage and it's so it's and the feeling I get when you know, when you see the light bulb flicker over some guy's head like he's just starting to get the idea, that's a connection that you make that never goes away. Like I have done business for a long time in professional wrestling and I wasn't always considered a very popular guy. I don't care. I've got my handful of friends that I'm going to hang with. I just as soon get along with everybody, but it's not show friends. It's show business. If, if you can do business with people, you can make connections with that last, sometimes longer than friendships. Like I've, I've done business with guys that I've never had dinner with, never made a road trip with, but when you see them in a wrestling environment, you can point at them across the arena. Like, Hey, what's up, man? You know, it's a different kind of connection. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I don't know. I've, I've, uh, I thrive on that.
1: Well, it, it is a great time for the business right now. Uh, it's, it's funny. Funny. I get to chat with you now. I was actually at the ocean center in Daytona beach, about a month ago for AEW's Fighter Fest, which is where you and
3: Nash and did they did now. they did they pack that place?
1: It was pa- it was packed, man. I mean, it's not like you obviously know the venue. It's that's not about, a. It's
3: j- about eight thousand seats, right? Yeah, they I mean,
1: they had a production. No, area. but I mean, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry.
3: No, I'm sorry, No, in Daytona, Daytona's a tough market. It's hard to get people to sit inside because they're right at the beach. Hmm. Yeah. But, no, I'm gonna be. I'm. I'm. I've been connected to Conrad and, you know, and been at the Starcast events and I'll be at the upcoming one in Chicago.
1: Yeah.
4: You know,
3: it's a good time to be, it's a good time to be in a wrestling business. Wrestling's thriving right now. The indie scene's hot. It's hot in Japan, Mexico's thriving. It's hot in the UK. I mean, I even saw a thing online. uh, MVP's making a, an appearance in Romania somewhere. Yeah. Romanian Championship Wrestling. I went, what the heck? So I immediately followed that that company. Yeah. I'll take a trip to Transylvania. Are you kidding me? <laughs> take, <laughs> take my hot goth girlfriend and go to Transylvania. You
1: always had those blood... You had blood dripping on your tights. I mean, I always... Maybe kind of got a vampire vibe anyway. I think you'd be... Very well, bigger. at least
3: you understood it. Some people didn't get it at first because after I left, and you know, I had to change my whole gimmick. And I kind of liked... You know, I always... Liked wearing cool wrestling gear. So I'm thinking, man, what am I going to change to? Because so to me, what's after the raisin was the blood. So that's why I chose that.
1: Oh, wow. Well, I never knew well, that. They,
3: it, that it, that's really
1: cool. Yeah, well,
3: that's why. And the thing is, too, it was really hard. We got really spoiled working for Vince because they have professional seamstress there that whip up stuff that's incredible. And we go WCW and now we're making good money and we have the worst gear in wrestling, me and Kev, because we can't find anybody. Yeah. I can't wear yeah. that razor. I got a closet full of razor stuff. I can't wear that anymore. Mm-hmm. So we uh, we even, t- I think about this all the time when I go back and do shows for Benson, I see these girls still working there. Me and Kev talked to Eric and we had enough influence with Eric at that time or guests just bitching and moaning. That it was like, man, we don't have any gear. What the fuck? What the fucking? Oops! I mean, what the heck? And it was like, uh, Eric said, offer those girls twice what they're making. So Terry and Julie, we offered the seamstresses for vents twice what they were making. What? And they went no. Nah. And and they and literally no. This is the truth. You can ask Kevin. And they went, and they went no. Nah, it's okay. We're gonna stay here. And which ended up being the right decision. Wow. Yeah. I didn't
1: know that you guys tried to poach Vince's. No, well, things were
3: good. Well, you got to understand, WCW had never sold the building out before. Yeah. I mean, they were in such a funk back then, they didn't even run house shows. So they start getting things going. And, you know, it was good times for all. Wow.
1: Uh, I will ask you, you know, AEW is going to make their TNT debut. Uh, Chris Jericho is teasing two mystery partners. I mean, the outsiders on AEW on TNT. That you know, it does strike my interest. You know, is there any chance that that could happen?
3: <laughs> no, no, not a chance for me at all. I'm loyal to the WWE. Okay, I, I'm loyal to I'm loyal to the WWE, and I'm still under contract with them. Yeah, you know, I do I I do signings and appearances that are connected to it, but I'm not I'm not associated with AEW. I wish those guys luck and all that. But, uh, you know, I mean, they welcome me in the back. And so if I go there as a wrestler to wrestler, but as far as any kind of professional relationship, I'm loyal to the WWE. Cool.
1: All right. Well, I know you're short on time, Scott. To Uh, me, you know, you want
3: my take on the whole thing? I think AEW is basically competing with NXT. Correct. NXT is booming and global, and they're going to have, they're going to, there's talks, oh, now that they're hiring uh now TV wants wrestling because every network is a copycat network. So now there's people wanting more wrestling on TV. So don't think it won't be long before NXT has a show. I predict. Do You, think, you heard it first,
1: brother. Do you think it would be a good there, idea for WWE to put NXT head-to-head with AEW? Is that the the bullet in the chamber for them?
3: Well, I mean, years ago when I thought about it, and that was the same approach Vince had you know, in interviews, he's commented, why would you put your show right opposite my show the rest of the week you can choose from? That's to me, that's what I thought. Well, if I opened a, but if you look at how franchises and how big businesses work, anytime you see McDonald's, you look around, there's usually a Burger King or a Wendy's right next door, because then the consumer has to choose which one do you really want? So that, I mean, if you believe in your product, you put it right up against the guy, you know, yeah. Instead of putting it at the far end of town, no, I'm coming in right next door. And we're going to compete for the money. And I, it makes everything sharper and everything better.
1: Agreed. 100%. You know, Triple brother,
3: H. I, see, I'll throw in a brother there, and it gives it wrestling credibility.
1: Well, Triple H is such a great vision for NXT. A lot of people clamor for him to have more control. You know, they just brought in Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff in those creative roles, and Vince is still around. Why don't you think Hunter has, or, or has he, and he just doesn't make a big deal of it, uh, take the mantle more creatively? <laughs>
3: Hey, he does,
1: he's,
3: he handles himself. You know, I saw him when he started there, bro. And he is doing everything exactly right. And still, and still family guy, you know, still family meds. And he's doing everything right. I don't think, I mean, that's the problem. Although they're publicly traded, it's still basically a family run business too. So personal relationships get involved. I mean, how, how can you disagree with Vince? What are you going to say? No, Vince, you're wrong. I mean, I think he can point at his track record, you know, to defend himself. He's been right more than wrong. I've always had the feeling that there's more than one right way to do. There's more than one right answer, and more than one wrong answer to any situation. So try to turn the room you know the wrestling business is all done by a bunch of guys standing around a room at the last minute going okay i think we should do this well i think we should do that you know and then <laughs> usually whoever talks the loudest is right <laughs> but, uh i don't know i'm really excited about what's going on now in my life in the wrestling world in my kids life yeah and uh and it's really happy to be a part of this you know helping a wrongly wrongfully convicted guy get out of jail and you know it's just a it's a great time it's going to be a celebration there in nashville i invite everybody to come out and say hi to the outsiders Agreed. thanks for having me brother i gotta run well,
1: i guess at this time can be heard five days a week as part of busted open radio on sirius xm it is dave lagreca dave thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today
4: What's going on, my friend? How are you? I appreciate having me on.
1: Oh, My pleasure. I, you know, I always like talking with you, the whole Busted Open nation, as you call it. You guys are so inviting. I, I, really enjoy, I don't know if we've talked since WrestleMania weekend, <laughs> but I got to go to the, the Busted Open WrestleMania weekend party, and that thing was a total blast. You guys were wonderful hosts.
4: Well, thanks, man. I appreciate that. We didn't get a lot of time to sit and chat. Um, I sp- you know I saw you a little bit once the party was over mm-hmm. uh, after Bill After kicked your ass mm-hmm. um, outside of that though we didn't we didn't have a lot of time to talk so well, I'm
1: I'm glad we have this time now. Oh, like you said, Bill punched me. My jaw wasn't working so well, so talking would have been difficult because Bill After is a, a a maniac. Punches me in the face every time I see him. <laughs> anyway, so you guys are going to Toronto here, uh, taking taking over SummerSlam Weekend. Tell me, what is Busted Open going to be doing here uh, SummerSlam Weekend in Toronto? So
4: Mark Henry and I are going to be live doing a Busted Open from 3 to 5 Eastern time. Uh, a stone 's throw away from where summer Sla- summerslam is taking place it 's at a restaurant bar called the Rec room which i 've never been to before but I heard that the place is amazing with amazing food and amazing drink specials so Mark and I are going to be parking our asses on a stage at the rec room from three to five so anyone that 's listening to your show and anybody that listens to bust it open or, or just are you know just ha- randomly walk into the building are welcome to take part in our party.
1: Now, I'm actually going to be in Toronto for this weekend, so I might I might actually crash your party and come. Maybe we can actually talk this time.
4: Why Why do you say maybe? Why do you say words like maybe and might? Why well, can't you just confirm Dave. that you're going to be
1: there so that we can hang out and party before SummerSlam? All right, fine. Fair enough. You know, it's like, you, you know, I, I will be there now. I got to come by. I had such a good time because you guys let me stay in the green room last time, and I got to, like, drink with Pat McAfee, who was like... <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the ul- the ultimate the ultimate part it was like him and then you want to hear I don't know that I've told you the story so I was coming from the Jim Ross Jerry Lawler show I took Jim mm-hmm. I took Jim into the green room there you guys had a Jim Ross's Moscow Mule drink as part of this event do you remember this. I do.
4: We had we had drink specials named after, um, you know, myself and Bully and Mark and Tommy and then no. some of our special guests that we were having joining the show. So, yes, okay. you have to have a JR drink special. Well, get Moscow
1: Mule. So, so get this. I bring Jim into the green room. Jim gets a table. He gives me his ticket. He says, "Get me a Moscow Mule. I go, of course, Jim, whatever you want. I walk over to the bar. I say. Hey, look, that's Jim Ross. He'd like one of your Jim Ross's Moscow Mules. And they told me they were out of ginger beer and they couldn't even make Jim Ross's own Moscow. He could, they couldn't make Jim Ross a Jim Ross's Moscow Mule, Dave. I, I did not know
4: that. I'm learning about this for the first time. That's terrible. Yeah. You know what? That's the last time that we do a party at that no, at that no, venue. No, Until the next no. time WrestleMania is in I, you know New York, New Jersey.
1: I think you just gotta take a two-liter of ginger beer, put that behind the bar, label it Jim Ross's, right? And then you can avoid yeah. it. So anyway. Uh, <laughs> I felt I should share that story. You guys, it is such a fun time. You guys get up on stage there. Mark Henry. I was up on stage with you there in uh, New York as well. Um, I gotta ask, you know, how did Mark Henry get assigned the AEW media scrum beat? How did he wind up, you know, rubbing sh- pushing shoulders around, I should say, in the AEW media scrums?
4: Well, I mean, we, we Mark and I, you know, being host of Busted Open, uh, got credentials to to be a part of AEW just like everybody else, and you know hey mark's part of the media now so when you're doing the media scrum at the end of an event he's going to be a part of it and i just love the fact that you know seeing him as a part of a a media scrum is one thing seeing him part of a media scrum at an aew event uh was something else entirely but hey You know, Nick, he's part of the media now.
1: These are the things that he needs to do. Well, he's part of the media, but he also, he still, he has like a pretty good gig with WWE as well. Am I right? Yeah, but you know what? Like,
4: he's he's not an active wrestler. He's not you know, he's not on the show every single week. He's got another job and they have to be respectful of that. And part of his job is covering everything that goes on in pro wrestling, not just the WWE.
1: I was I will just say it was a very powerful moment standing right next to Mark as he asked Cody and Brandy, uh about actually I think he asked it right to Cody about the diversity in in uh, AEW. And I was just like, Wow, this is I mean Balls of steel, Mark Henry here. I, I'm digging. I, I think he's great in the role. But I mean, do you ever, do you ever sit there and are like, wow, Mark, how are you getting away with this?
4: No, you know what? Uh, he's great. I think he's been an awesome addition to our show, Nick. And and the reason why he is an awesome addition is not just because it's Mark Henry, you know, WWE Hall of Famer, but he's a great personality and he gets it. And one thing you realize working with Mark is that he studied radio. He's always wanted to be a part of radio. Mark and I have had discussions with him being a host on this show for years. You know, this is going back five, six years now uh, that we've had open dialogue about being a part of this show. So uh, radio is something that he's really interested in, I think thrives at. So him doing what he did, asking good questions as part of a media scrum he, he's a natural
1: he's i think i was blown away and it's it's wild too when you have mark in that space because the talent you know they're very respectful of me and you know van Vleet and nine-year-old aj awesome right they're very respectful of all the press but when they're getting asked a question by mark henry sp- their spine straighten a little bit right <laughs> like i have a inherent respect for this man and, and what all he's done uh it's great man and i was intimidated when i walked into that green room for that, I think it was right after, might have been uh, double or nothing, and I saw Mark, and I was like, "Oh, Mark, man, wow, that's crazy, you're in here." Can I get your take on on AEW? And he's like, uh, "I'm kind of here to do what you're doing, man." And I was like, "Oh, whoa, that's that's bizarre. I feel very out of body right now." Uh, no, and
4: there was, and Nick, it wasn't just you. A lot of <laughs> reporters, you know, went up to him asking him about what they what he thought of the show and you know about AEW and even about the WWE and he said listen I'm, I'm just here to do interviews like I'm not here to be interviewed yeah I'm here to do interviews I, I'm just I'm just one of you guys now I'm just part of the media so yeah. I thought that was kind of interesting
1: I thought it was fascinating here I'll put a button on the Mark Henry stuff by asking you know Dave you had a chance to work with Mark now I'm sure you're very familiar with his career for you what is the number one Mark Henry moment in pro wrestling
4: are you talking about on the show or just in general? Like, I would say you know, from his pro
1: wrestling career. From his pro wrestling oh, career. What what is your it's favorite? It's got to be his.
4: his it's got to be his uh, Fugazi uh, retirement <laughs> yes. speech. Yes. You know, Sam and Jacket, John Cena, and and John Cena leaving the ring to give him the moment, and him asking John Cena to come back. I mean, I think when everybody looks back at his career. And, and don't forget, Nick, This is that was at the end of his career. Yeah. You know, that whole hall of pain was at the back end of his career. I, I really think that was his defining moment.
1: Yeah, and that's why the retirement speech felt so real, because everyone was like, well, it is kind of any day now. But, uh, yeah, man, never trust a man in a salmon-colored suit, that's for sure. That's
4: true, yeah. 100%. Um,
1: so you guys are going to be here in Toronto, uh, SummerSlam TakeOver weekend. Outside of the WWE stuff, are there any particular events that you're looking forward to?
4: You know, honestly, this is my first time, uh, in. To Toronto. I've never been to Toronto before. And this is the first time that Busted Open has gone outside of our comfort zone and have gone to Canada. So I'm really looking forward to obviously SummerSlam, NXT. I know there's a ton of indie shows that are going on. Um, But I I just want to get a feel and a pulse of of a city that I've never been to before. So I'm really looking forward to this weekend.
1: Yeah, you got to get that poutine. That's what the Canadians love.
4: God, that's what I you know. Bully and Mark have been telling me about this, so I I can't wait. I can't wait to get it. Now, some people say it's fantastic. Some people say it's overrated. I'll find out for myself when I get there this weekend.
1: It's delicious. It's wonderful. You're gonna love it. Um, now, Bully, you bring up is your other co-host. You know, he's obviously still with Ring of Honor. They're gonna be presenting their summer supercard on the Friday night before Takeover. Uh, that's gonna be Taven versus Alex Shelley. Uh, you know what do you what do you think about uh, the current ROH product? And, and you know Matt Taven is the top guy in the company at the moment.
4: It's a, I think we would both agree they're they're kind of like in a transitional period right now. Um, you know things have kind of been quiet since the big event with New Japan at a sold out Madison Square Garden, which to me is a, a big reason why the landscape of pro wrestling has kind of changed yeah. over the last six months Uh, but they're in a bit of a transition period they've kind of been quiet Um, I love Matt Taven as world champion I think that that's somebody the company could really get behind it's it's interesting having a world champion that's a heel you know it's 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 a it's a little bit different Um, and I think a lot of people were surprised by Matt Taven uh, grabbing that championship but I like him as champion and I really think that Ring of Honor just needs that TV deal. I think once they get like – a secure TV time slot on a secure night that they don't get interrupted by ball games or press conferences and things of that nature. I think it would be a really big step forward. But I'm really looking forward to that show on Friday night.
1: Well, yeah, I think it's gonna be great. And you got the ladder war with the Briscoes and God. It's gonna be it's gonna be a killer show. I'm very excited about this. Yes. show. I think I'll be at that one as well. Um, but uh, you know, the other big story came up that it was the bully story. Was that fan incident story? You know, what was what was your reaction to hearing that story when you first got? a hold of it?
4: Well, I mean, when, when, I first, when I first heard about it, and and this is like a great debate, you know, and it's not something that we really talked about a lot on the show, because honestly, we didn't get a lot of people calling in about it. Hmm. And, and, I, and I think it's a bit of a dead issue. I just think there's a line when it comes to fan interaction with the performers. And I think when you look at, you know, certain decorum that fans need to have, and just because you know, one, uh, somebody's a heel or a face, you can cheer, you can boo. But I I, I do think, Nick, and and I'm, I'm sure you agree, there's a line that you shouldn't cross as a fan and certain vulgarities that I think are completely unacceptable. And that fan, honestly, as soon as those words left his mouth, should have been ejected from the arena because sure. I, I just think there's a line that you should not cross.
1: Yeah, I agree. Ejection probably the always the best route there to go um
4: and 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 the the fan wasn't ejected no so i I think once that happened then then you get into a dicey area but i think if ring of honor had or the the or the venue had better security then that would have been a non-issue we wouldn't have been talking about the fan would have been ejected which happens you know at a lot of different events i think if that was you know an impact event or a wwe event we probably wouldn't be having this discussion because the fan would have been ejected immediately
1: i agree with that i think that yeah I, and i've been at shows where people have been ejected for for saying stuff or getting chance going that are offensive so it's not like it's unheard of i'm just wondering yeah since you're so close to the man himself i thought i'd ask you here right going down to my and, list it, of- and as
4: far and listen i was not there but as far as everything i've heard even from the van, fan themselves that Bully was, you know, very like, you know, fan friendly, very personable. Like, hey, you know what? Hey, kinda watch what you say. go out and enjoy the show. You know, <laughs> just be a fan. And I don't I I I don't think as far as I know that there was anything that would that went beyond that as far uh, as being improper. I will say As far it, as I know, you I know.
1: I will say it did surprise me because Bully's very nice to me, which is weird because I've heard he's really hard on other people, but he always comes over, he shakes, he remembers my name. He saw me at the garden, he said, Hi Nick blew me away i was like wow that's very nice of you to remember who i am so i was just a little surprised when i heard that that was the way that went down with the fan you know
4: yeah and and bully always says this on the show and i think it's something that you know a a lot of fans need to understand the wrestlers too that is you know respectful fans get what they want and disrespectful fans will get what they deserve (laughs) meaning that i think if you are respectful you're going to get that autograph you're going to get that handshake you're going to get that picture but if you're disrespectful things could go another way which means you know either you know ejection from the venue that you're at so it's 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 or or no when it comes to a picture or an autograph so i i just think there needs to be more respect that's all
1: where's the bully ray bad fans get what they deserve t-shirt where's pro wrestling tees on that one you said that and i was like well there's there's the next T-shirt. Anyway, we'll move on here. Hey, you know, the next night after Ring of Honor, uh, TakeOver, what's got you on the hook this year for NXT TakeOver Toronto?
4: Well, I mean, I think when you look at NXT TakeOver, um, I, I think they always kind of, for the most part, outshine um, what we see from the main roster most of the time. Wouldn't you
1: agree? Yes, I, I think a lot. Well, but again, that's like for the more adult audience. You know, I do. I look at what NXT is doing as something. They, they cater to a very different audience. I think than the, what they try to do with Raw and SmackDown, you know.
4: Well, you, well, you look at the main roster right now, and, and things are changing. But you, but you know, when you look at Takeover in Toronto, you're you're looking at five matches, and you have you know you have a tag match, you have a triple threat match, there's a singles match, there's a two out of three falls match. I, I think they give a little bit of everything. I love the stipulations that are involved in the match. And, and Nick, you, would, you as a hardcore wrestling fan would agree. I mean, Johnny Gargano against Adam Cole. I mean, you can't really get much better than that. No. And, and I think that's probably going to be the match most likely to steal the weekend.
1: Now, there's a lot of talk about when AEW launches on TNT that WWE could, could possibly counter-program that with uh, maybe putting NXT on FS1 at the same time. Do you think that's a good or a bad idea?
4: Well, I mean, I I don't know if it's a bad idea, but is it going to be live? If the answer to that is no, if it's still going to be taped, then I think AEW is going to have the advantage. Because whether it's on the WWE Network or FS1, the, the, the component that's most important is live. So unless it's live, I, I, I don't think it's a, a big issue. Now, if it is live, then that's a discussion that you can have. But until I hear that, I, I still think AEW is going to have the upper hand.
1: You know, uh, NXT made a, a brief appearance here in the new WWE 2K commercial. Did you have a chance to check that one out where Becky, like, falls through the ceiling and everything?
4: Yes, I did. And with her and Roman ending the commercial and being on the cover together, I find that interesting.
1: Well, how do, why do you find that interesting?
4: I don't know why. Why isn't it uh, Becky and Seth? Yeah. You know, I mean, right? I mean, Becky and Seth are the real-life couple. Seth Rollins is, you know – you know, going for your universal champion is a former universal champion, had that big match at WrestleMania. I mean, I would think, man, who knows, if he's your universal champion coming out of Sunday, he's kind of the face of your show. So I find it interesting that they went with Roman instead of Seth.
1: Do you think that Seth realistically has a chance of taking this title back here against Brock?
4: No, no, no chance at all, actually. <laughs>
1: Less than no chance, I guess all right. less
4: than no chance there is I, I i if I was a betting man which i 'm not i 'm not a betting man i don 't make enough money to be able to bet the money that I do have, but if I was a betting man i 'd be putting all my money on Brock. I think Brock being champion um You know, especially with Fox and everything that's coming up in the fall, uh, I I think Brock retains the championship on Sunday.
1: You know, it's interesting when you say, you know, it's weird that it's Becky and Roman because it seems like it should be Becky and Seth, you know, especially since they're like a real couple. Do you you think that uh, there's a little buyer's remorse in acknowledging that relationship on WWE TV and maybe instead they should have kept these two characters separate from one another?
4: Um, I thought it was a good idea at the time. I didn't like the execution of it. I just didn't think it worked. Uh, a lot of people talked about their on-screen chemistry. I just think that they should have gone about it a different way. Hey, having two champions, they're a couple at the top of the mountain, fighting off everybody that's that's going up against them, that that never really happened. And then they got away from it at a weird time, too, because you know, you had Baron Corbin put the end of days on on Becky – And then there was really no follow-up from there. You know, Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans have been off of TV ever since the last pay-per-view. So I just think it it, uh, fell short because of the execution.
1: Well, Lacey Evans has kept herself busy fighting with Medusa, a.k.a. Lundra Blaze, for no reason whatsoever. That, That thing's gotten stiff. The fire those two women are throwing back and forth with each other. Yeah,
4: you can't make this stuff up. When it comes to social media, man, you, you can't make it up.
1: Well, maybe Ric Flair will go on Busted Open Radio and say, guys, it's okay, I talked to Lacey, I talked to Alundra. This is all a work. It's fine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: I know he did. That was- <laughs> That's true. I mean, he you know he, he kind of killed he kind of killed the last uh, um, social media feud. So why not? Yeah. What? Well, what?
1: Well, you're so you're sitting there, Dave. If you're doing the show, and Rick Flair decides to abandon kayfabe and acknowledge that the feud between Becky and Edge is all a work and that nobody should worry about it, what what was your immediate reaction to that?
4: Well, we, I, I think Bully and I both laughed. And Bully was kind of like, oh, he kind of killed that. He's like, ah, you know, he's like, ah, they're friends. You know, he kind of just didn't really – I don't think Flair really cared. (laughs) You know, he just kind of just was like, yeah, whatever, you know. But, um, hey, I mean – I think social media, I think it's being shown, could be used in a positive way for storylines if used the right way. Some wrestlers know how to use it. Some wrestlers don't. It's it's an interesting form of media, that's for sure.
1: Yeah. Well, and, you know, I still want Becky here. You know, she's going to take on Natalia at SummerSlam, which I thought was a really interesting choice. What do you think the story that they're going to try to tell here is with these two? It's. I
4: mean, what do you think? I mean, I, I look at it— I mean, I think the biggest thing for me, and I actually said um, on, on the show today, Nick, that that could be the main event for SummerSlam, in my opinion. And I'm really curious. And I want to get your take, Nick. I'm very curious about what the crowd reaction mm-hmm. is going to be uh, for that match.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, they're going to be pro Natalia, right? And that's why I think it's. that's why I say I'm surprised... They're going this route because I, I have to think Becky's going to get booed and it's going to be positioned as, as kind of the heel here in Canada.
4: I mean, I, 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 think, I, I think at best they could hope for 50-50, right? At, at best, best. Yeah, at best. At best, 50-50. First of all, the Toronto crowd is very much like the New York crowd and the Chicago crowd. You never know what direction they're going to go into. And one I think we both learned from Bret Hart that no matter where you come from in Canada – it doesn't matter. Canada is your hometown. So you could be from Calgary, but if, it's, if you're wrestling in Montreal, that's your hometown. So I, th- I, I think when it comes to Natalia, that Toronto crowd is going to be behind her. And you look at the dynamic – the story going in, the fact that you got Becky, who's the biggest baby face in your company, going up against Natalya in Canada in front of that Toronto crowd, that's an extremely interesting dynamic for me. And I really, truly believe that that could be the main event, and there's no other match on that card that I'm more intrigued by than the one between Becky and Natalya.
1: You know, I've heard some rumblings that Ronda Rousey might be coming back to WWE in the not-too-distant future. Have you heard the similar rumblings like that?
4: Listen, I all I know is it would not shock me if we see her face sometime on Sunday.
1: Okay, so I'm just saying, you know, you're doing a heart gimmick in Canada, right? Like, let's just hypothetically say Becky were to intentionally, unintentionally screw over Natalia for this title. It does seem like Natalia's best friend Ronda Rousey would be pretty pissed off about that. You think that's fair to say? Yes,
4: I, I would. I would agree. <laughs> that's what. But that's what. See. Interest aside, what you just said before, Nick, is very interesting to me. Like, as far as Becky Lynch goes and as popular as she is and how hot she is, like she's on the cover of the video game. She's on the cover of ESPN the magazine. She's getting interviewed by daytime talk shows. This is a really peculiar situation that they're putting her in for yeah. Sunday. Yeah. Like when you have that somebody that that's over and that popular and this side to have her go up against the hometown hero, that's, that's, that's a dicey situation. This isn't like Trish and Charlotte, obviously Charlotte's the biggest heel. You want her to get booed. That is not the case when it comes to Becky Lynch.
1: Yeah. Well, or maybe, but again, it's like if they're bringing Rhonda back and they're like, well, we want her at the top of the women's division. We're going to need a hot heel. To go up against her, can we reignite the Becky feud? Is this a time to, to play with that dynamic, you know?
4: That's a big if, though. I mean, yeah. if she comes back. I, I mean, you know, yeah. you know that, that's, that's a big if if you're the WWE. And when you have a lack of faces that the fans are really behind on your roster and this is the match you chose for the second biggest pay-per-view of the year. It's, it's, an in, it's an interesting choice. That's all I have to say.
1: All right, I'll, I'll close this by asking you about uh, the other top match here at SummerSlam, that's Kofi Kingston uh, taking on his old nemesis of Randy Orton. Uh, do you think this is the time for them to take the title off Kofi Kingston? Is, is Randy Orton the guy to, to take the title from him?
4: Um, I, I I like Kofi as champion. I think Kofi could be a champion that you could really get behind, especially moving the Fox. I think they've I think they've really done a good job with Kofi Kingston since WrestleMania thirty five. I think the matches have been excellent. Um I have no problem with Kofi Kingston holding on to this championship. Now I know Randy Orton's a major figure. He's a bit of a mainstream name. When you come to, when it comes to wrestling, there are very few that are better than Randy Orton. I to me, I think the smart choice is to keep that title around Kofi Kingston's waist.
1: All right, well there it is. Hey Dave, I want to thank you again so much for coming on, chatting a little wrestling. With that's me it, handed. Nick.
4: That's it. That's all you give me is 15 minutes. I've heard you with other guests. You keep guests on for 20, 25, 30, 35 minutes. I get the short end of the stick, Nick. Dave, Is this how, this is what
1: it's become? Dave, I am at the 25 minute mark on my recording right now. I said 20-ish <laughs> minutes of the email. I've got more questions here, but I'm trying to be courteous with with you. I know you are. You're great. You're great. I'm so, I'm so, you know, it's like if you about every other interview, you hear me literally say, Hey, can I get five more minutes with you? And I just knew with you we could shoot the... Also, also, we started late because I was having technical issues. So I was on time. I made sure I called in 60
4: seconds early to this interview. Let it be said, I called in 60
1: seconds early. All right. Well, we will talk this weekend. <laughs> we'll get more time in. I'll bring my tripod. We can do some more. You
4: better t- come, man. You better. I better see you at the rec room.
1: Well, I'm going to come. We're going to talk. I'm going to bring my tripod. I'm going to get um, we'll do some more stuff there. we can do some video stuff if you like, and then we'll continue to pundit together. I, of course, have no problems <laughs> punditing with you.
4: And really quick, uh, if, I, if I can make a quick plug, is it okay if I make a quick plug?
1: Yes, Dave. Do whatever you like. That's okay. fine. I'm not All sure. Right, so we're,
4: yeah. so we're, you can hear us on SiriusXM Monday through Friday. My host, Bully Ray, Tommy Dreamer, and Mark Henry. They do an amazing job. It's Mark Henry and I, eight, uh, August 11th, Sunday, 3 to 5, SummerSlam Day at the Rec Room in Toronto, a stone's throw away from the arena where SummerSlam is going to be. You can also hear us now on Apple iTunes and also on Pandora. And if you are a Dave LaGreca guy, don't hesitate to email me at lagrecatees at gmail.com, and I'll sell you a shirt.
1: Okay. You know what? If you don't want to run out, I actually, Raj sent me a question for you while we were talking. And I'll ask you Raj's question here, since you're not looking to run out the door. Is that okay? sure hey, he just kind of wanted to know like i'm a big
4: raj fan i'm a huge raj fan i retweet his tweets i like everything that he puts out there i'm a big fan
1: good raj Giri, great guy great guy my yeah. boss wonderful guy he wanted to know how how you started working with busted open i'm kind of interested how did you get into this position here where you were doing this show with these wrestling names it's a very interesting unique kind of program you don't hear on the radio that often
4: yeah. I mean, this is something, and, and, you know, it's, we've, we just celebrated as you know, our 10 year anniversary, yeah. um, you know, it, it it took one hell of a sales job uh, to get this on the air at Sirius XM, um, you know, cause I was a part of their NFL crew for 13 years here at Sirius and um, Steve Cohen gave the green light and it was first Doug Mortman and I just two fans, you know, talking wrestling. And then uh, as the show got bigger um we 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 brought bully into the fray we brought mark mark into the fray and we've never looked back it's one of the biggest shows on our platform and uh you know it's just it's like a dream come true being able to talk wrestling for a career for three hours every every day so it's been it's been an awesome ride
1: thank you very much to justin for joining me for this SummerSlam pl- uh, preview thank you to scott Thank you to Dave. Uh, be sure to check out Capital Wrestling this Sunday in Nashville. Uh, be sure to come by uh, the uh, SummerSlam pre-show party in Toronto. If you're going to be in Toronto, basically, these two events are going on at the same time. If you're in Toronto, you're coming to Bust It Open. If you're going to be in Nashville, you're going to go to Capital Wrestling. And then when those are over, we're all going to get together. We're going to watch SummerSlam in our respective environments. Uh, and I hope your respective environment this weekend is here at Wrestling Inc. I will be on site in Toronto. We will have coverage of ROH. We will have coverage of TakeOver. We will have coverage of SummerSlam raw smackdown everything in between i'll be attending some indie events and other events going on in the toronto area uh, during this weekend as well so you got to follow us on social media to be sure to get all of those updates from me and if you want to get the latest audio from us you got to go over to wrestling inc audio uh, on itunes five star ratings nice comments always appreciated thank you very much for your patronage justin what do you want to plug promote, put over here before we wrap it up today
2: Compete against me and everybody else on WrestleRumble.com. A lot of fun. Make your predictions about SummerSlam. You're going to watch anyway, so you might as well make it more interesting by trying to win some money.
1: All right. And I am at WinkRebel over on Twitter. Thank you so much. Enjoy your SummerSlam weekend. And remember, if you winked, you didn't miss it.
4: This is the story of The One.